Well, good morning. Um, welcome to our commitments series. Well, it's not a series. We, we don't say series here. A commitments time. A time dedicated to the commitments, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. Uh, what we want to call it is our common life. And um, it's, it's what it means to be a part of this community. Um, one thing, well, probably the thing that we get asked the most about, I don't know why I'm moving. I didn't plan on sitting this, but I think I'm going to. <laughs> one thing we get asked a lot around here is, how do I be a part of Bloom? And I think that that question's asked because uh, we mostly come from, or maybe not, but the evangelical scene in the U.S. is kind of come and, and take some classes and, and kind of get involved that way. And, and then you're kind of a part of a organization or an institution. And so the question, um, reasonably so, is how do I get involved? How do I become a part of this community? And um, I would say that it, it's a little hard to get used to the way that we see it. And the way that we see it was mainly informed by um, our situation from our inception of just trying to be a place where people, every person can come to the table together, experience the Holy Spirit and each other. And so there was really never like a surprise. There was never like a plan of onboarding into this community. Chuck's laughing because he's been here since the first day and he knows that that's never happened. Or maybe he's laughing for some other reason. I have no idea. <laughs> Did you just think of something funny? <laughs> don't, mean to, don't mean to go into your space. Um, so how do you be involved at Bloom? Um, one time I was talking to a mentor who's been, who's been awesome for us, a uh, pastor in the Vineyard Churches. And he said, Bloom is a habit. It's a habit. It's a way of being. It's a way of relating to God and to each other in community. And I think that's the best way to describe it. Bloom is a habit. I mean, we call it bloom. You know, because we feel like we need to call it something, right? But that's even sort of silly. Like I said before, if I go hang out with Finn, I'm not going to be like, do you want to come to adrenaline? He's like, what's that? Well, it's when you and I are to hanging out together. If I hang out with Will, do you want to come to beer? <laughs> you know, it's, we feel this need to put a label on something and institutionalize things that perhaps Jesus and the disciples never thought about doing. I mean, did you, they never had a name for what they were. They weren't like, you want to come to, I don't know, what do we call churches now, like, dove flight or whatever, or if you're, <laughs> I think it's so funny the things that we call churches, or if we're like radical, we have one word names like bloom. So the point of all this rambling is we have this need to say, when we gather, we are bloom, right? Right? But what does that mean? And so what? Do you want to be a part of bloom? Well, then do these things and you're a part of bloom. What's bloom? It's an abstracted institutional idea. So let's cut all that away. Let's slide that to the side and say, what does it mean to belong 
in this community? What does it mean to walk together, to journey? Well, does it mean attend a class? Does it mean believe a certain creed? Maybe. But we found that the thing that has held us together through the years, the thing that held the early church together was a rhythm of life that they embraced together. It's a way of being together, together, to relate to each other, not to an abstract idea of an institution or organization. Does that make sense? So how is it that I relate to Vaughn? He goes to Bloom. I go to Bloom. What makes this relationship unique? Well, it's not this abstracted commitment to Bloom, whatever that is. But it's a commitment. It's a way that we have chosen to walk together, right? To be connected to each other has a certain texture about it. When Dulcie has people over to summer table, it's a certain texture that she's, and you guys too. We, hey, look at y'all, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. There's a texture in their relating. And we have said that it's because we're, we adhere to a certain set of values that our values guide us. Our values guide us. Not a system, not a linear process, but our values. What are our values? Does anyone know them? Oh, now you all know them. (laughs) Thanks, Fig. Don't leave anyone behind. Beauty, sacrament, and restoration, which in, if you want to geek out with me, and I won't do it now, but it is the gospel. That is the gospel. I'm going to read from our website. I'm going to read from our web, from the tablet. God, the source and ground of all goodness, is beautiful. We believe that our desire for an orientation towards beauty is, in fact, a desire for an orientation towards God and the world God is bringing about. We all are drawn to beauty. We're drawn to the beauty of creation, maybe the beauty of each other, the beauty of our life, and that, that longing, that drawnness, that's not a word, is in fact a longing for God who is beautiful. So we start with that. We start with God as beautiful. And we look for it. If you've been around here long enough, you start to look for beauty. Can you attest to that? It changes. It changes the texture of your life and the life with others whom you connect in this community. Beauty is what you're going for. Sometimes I think about, <laughs> as I'm sitting with clients, I'm like, in what ways am I messing up my kids that they'll be here in 20 years saying the same thing? And I think about, like, what are we... <laughs> Just little things sometimes. Um, there was a fundraiser at our school, and you get flocked, which means that flamingos show up in your front yard. You know this? And, um, and we were flocked earlier in the month. There's our front yard with no landscaping. And, um, man, Liza, my daughter, she's two. She loved these things. I mean, she would go and, like, look in their eyes, in their plastic little eyes. <laughs> and she'd hug them, and she'd pet them. And then they left. Because, you know, they're only there for 24 hours. And 
She was really sad. And I said, well, maybe they'll come back next year. And she was like, oh, I can't wait till next year. Well, then we got flocked again. And so she runs out, <laughs> same thing. They're back. They've come back. <laughs> and, I'm like, and she's loving them and she's seeing them. And, and I was thinking, like, what are we doing to her? Like, she's going to think that this is a normal thing. <laughs> that, like, you live your life. And, and just sometimes there's flamingos in your yard. <laughs> and I was, as she was loving on these on this set, on this crew, it hit me like, that's how it is with beauty. That we train ourselves to look for it. Even when it's not there, or we don't see it, or the world says it's not there, or next door, or whatever you subscribe to. But we tra we're trained in our hearts to look for beauty to look for the next time it will arrive and make itself known. So I was thinking, it was a good thing that she thinks that flamingos just appear out of nowhere. But she's looking for them now, right? If you forgive the cheesy analogy, it actually really is. It means something. We're looking for beauty. We're looking for God. That is our orientation. That's our value. Not we're right, right? I saw this bumper sticker this morning. It said, Christ is Lord on the back of this truck. It was not bumper. It's a huge sticker on the back of a truck. I agree with that. But I also wonder, like, what does that mean for that person? We're on the winning team. Conquer. That's not where we start here. And you don't have to start there to believe that Christ is above and through and in all things, right? You can start with the inclination to beauty, to open yourself, to open your mind, your heart up to beauty. To see that life is good, that God is good, that creation is good, right? Next value is sacrament. I'll read from the tablet. <laughs> Rooted in the historic Christian church, we believe that partaking in the life of the sacraments Draw us into ever draw us into Christ likeness and are signs of receiving God's sure and certain grace. The lives that we live with the sacraments as anchors to our story and then a window into all beauty of the triune God, and a shoot unto the world that all are beckoning that all are beckoned to come and partake as well. So what the historic church has said that sacraments are this visible sign of an invisible reality or grace. When we come to the table, it's a sign that we have been welcomed into a new reality, that we're fed by Christ, that we receive the sacrifice that he gave for all the world. And in baptism, we believe that we are drawn into this community. Baptism is the doorway by which all enter, who choose to enter into the reality of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Sacrament. The door and the table, the door open to all, and the table set for all is what binds us together. And then that floods into our little lives, floods into the way that we are together, the way that we share coffee, a meal, a hike, that we help each other out, that, we, that everything that we do is all of a sudden flooded with the grace and the mercy and the love and the compassion of God. When you are in the hospital, 
when you just had a baby, when you're going through a hard time. It's when other members of this community gather with you and all of a sudden DoorDash is more than DoorDash, right? It's the sacrament. A conversation is more than a conversation. It's more than data gathering. It's sacramental because it starts to reflect the table and the baptism, right? So that's sacrament. If you want to experience that, Liz will take you to coffee. She has an Amex from Bloom that's very cool. She's loving it. <laughs> so ask Liz afterwards, say, I want to be taking a coffee. I want to learn more about Bloom or the commitments or what do I do? Ask Liz. She'll take you to coffee. <laughs> we start seeing that beauty is embedded in everything that we do. And it feels different when you're with Bloom folks, right? I was at the river with some Bloom folks yesterday, and it just feels different. Because we've set the intention to see beauty, to see things as sacramental, to be joined by the table at baptism. It's more than water. It's more than trees and sunshine. It's, well, maybe it's the fullness of those things. And maybe I'm being weird right now. But the point is, we open ourselves to it. And the last value is restoration. This is what we've said about that. The arc of Scripture bends towards a vision of comprehensive cosmic renewal of all creation made manifest in all of life, our persons, communities, work, and resources. And thus we stand with the prophets of ancient Israel in believing that God's dream is a world in which each human being is treated with proper dignity, being made in the image and likeness of God. Therefore, our desire is to seek creative ways to partner with God in seeing that dream come to fruition, that God's beautiful vision for new heavens and a new earth would be made manifest in the here and now in us. So that value calls us to partner with the work of the Holy Spirit, with Christ on this earth, to restore all things back to Christ and to each other. That we live restorative lives. That we build, that we dream, that we imagine. See, the energy of our current culture in the U.S. is to tear down, is to take apart, is to be critical, is to deconstruct. And I get that there are times for that. But I think the church has a wide and beautiful invitation in this time, in our culture, to restore. To restore people, to restore institutions, to restore communities back to Christ in a place where they're loved and seen and filled with the goodness and the glory and the beauty of God, right? Beauty, sacrament, restoration. Those are our values. That's what guides us. And then our next slide is, sorry, our commitments. We're going to give six weeks to talk about these, so I'm not going to go into these today. But you can't have values unless you have commitments, because your commitments are the place in which your values are made manifest, where they are fleshed out. So your values inform your commitments. And that for us is worship, prayer, shared life, hospitality, service, and generosity. Where we got this was the catechism of the church. So we don't really know much around here. I was joking with someone earlier. We didn't go to the class about how to run a church effectively, clearly. We don't know much about what we're doing. But we did go back to the catechism. So what is this? that the historic church has seen from way back when of like, what is it that we are? 
We're not an institution or organization. Like, what are we? And so I want to read this to you. The catechism in quest- is in uh, question and answer format. I don't know why, but um, that's what they did. The question is, what is the mission of the church? The answer from the church, from the catechism, we're going back hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands. The mission of the church is to restore all people to unity with God and with each other in Christ. Oh, go back. Can you go back to that? Yeah, there we go. We could just do a meditation on that answer. Some of us have been experimenting with new forms of the church. Some of us have been exposed to new experimental missions of the church. This is the mission of the church, said by the church, to restore all people to unity with God and with each other in Christ. That's it. That's why we exist. If the church says, or a church, or whatever a Christian organization says they exist for another purpose, I don't know what to say about that. But this is central to restore people to unity with God and with each other. That's the whole thing. And I've said before that the gospel is most clearly seen when Jesus is praying to the Father, saying, would they be one, as you and I are one, as I am in you and you are in me, may they be in us and in each other. Unity is the heart, it's the goal. Are we clear? There's no conquer, there's no conquest, it's to restore people back to God. There was a study that just came back or completed, it was, I think it was like five to 10 years of near-death experiences. And thousands of people in the qualitative study were interviewed, near-death experiences. You know what? The, they picked out some common threads. And one common thread is that people said, I was drawn into this, I don't know what to explain, I don't know how to explain it, but a unity. And I was in it, and it was in me. And there were other people that were there, and they, I was part, like it was this wonderful unity. And I felt completely loved, completely seen. Second most common thread that they heard is, I didn't want to be brought back. (laughs) Which is crazy to even imagine. But they were drawn into the reality. The reality of what Jesus is saying is as the one who holds all things, who created all things, who knows us, drawing us back to the reality of unity. There's choice and there's unity. But our goal is to draw people back. Our purpose, our mission is to invite people back into unity. Are you with me on that? That's not divisive. That's not harsh. That's not condemning. That's Christianity 101. That's what Jesus prayed, right? Jesus never prayed, may they know that I'm right, right? He never said, may this cultural war be won today. May these people know that they're screwing up, you know, whatever the prayer is that we think he prayed, he didn't pray it. What he prayed is, may they be one. Got it? 
Second thing from the catechism. Through whom does the church carry out her mission? The church carries out her mission through the ministry of all her members, not through a program, not through some abstracted vehicle, but through the ministry of all of us, filled by the Holy Spirit, empowered, drawn into Christ. There's a lot of kids screaming. (laughs) The ministry of all of her members. That's all of us. It's a group effort. It's not just a few people at the front or the middle, whatever we do. It's all of us. That's what it means to be a part of Bloom, to use the fullness of your gifts. Every person using the fullness of their gifts, filled with the Spirit, empowered, envisioned by Christ. That's what we see. Last, from the catechism. How does the church pursue her mission? The church pursues her mission as she prays and worships. This is where we get our commitments. Proclaims the gospel and promotes justice, peace, and love. Isn't that good? So that's where our commitments come from. We say, well... Let's just do what it says. Let's do what we're supposed to be doing. And lastly, all that is our common life. That's what it means to be a part of Bloom. That's what it means to be connected. Whatever you want to say, that we're guided by our values, that our goodness, our values find expression through our commitments and our commitments take form in our spaces. Our spaces, for simplicity's sake, is the table, circles, slash house churches, and courses. But this is what it means to be a part of it. That's not a maze, by the way. Some people said it was a maze. It's a prayer labyrinth. It's like a, it's a pattern. So you're not stuck in it. We're not throwing you in a maze and you can't find your way out. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> but I was too lazy to change it. We're guided by our values. Right, Our values are here. We're guided by those. We're inspired by our values, beauty, sacrament, restoration. Our values find expression through our commitments. And that we got from the catechism. Worship, praying, restoring all people, loving all people. That's what our commitments are. And then our commitments take form here and in your own neighborhood, in your place that you work or whatever it may be. That's the spaces that we occupy. Sound good? So I hope we're more inspired than ever as we go through our commitments. What does this look like? If you go back to that last sacrament, catechism, I mean, sorry. As we pray and worship together, as we proclaim the gospel together, as we promote justice, peace, and love together through our commitments, my hope in this time in the fall is that we are more inspired, that we're more filled, longing for more, the Holy Spirit, that we're more free to live out our life in the way that we've been uniquely created to, that our gifts come alive, that we just start to sense Christ present with all of us, between us, that people are drawn into that. That's the church. Any questions? So let's do it together, Bloom. It's exciting. It's a fun, sacred community to to be a part of. So thankful for it, for all of y'all. And um, we'll see what happens. So hopefully we'll get to the end of the series and we'll just be like more beautiful, more sacramental, more restorative in our world. Sound good? What time is it? I just need to do... Okay. So we're going to go straight to the piece because there's wild animals outside. Why don't we stand?